You're listening to the Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams. Hey, welcome to another episode of Liam Ryan, the Dealmaker Podcast, where we talk all things property, business, and wealth. And today, we have a super exciting episode because I'm here with my good friend, business partner, business entrepreneur, the one and only Mr. Jesson James. Ah, thank you very much for having me, man. It's great. Like, I'm excited. It's good to be right, here. It's great to have you in the studio. It's been a while, but um, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm back. It, it's great to hang out. It's, it's been an incredible journey, it has. you know, for you and I uh, over the last five years. Yeah. Uh, that we've known each other, so it's a real honour and privilege to have you in the studio and on blessed. the po- and on the podcast. Thank you. So, hey, look, we we know you're super successful, multiple businesses, international speaker, award winner, <laughs> multiple streams of income. And before we get into all of that sort of nice jazz, yeah, um, could you just take us back, Jesson, to you know where this entrepreneurial. Mm stuff started you know was it something that happened in your childhood did you initially go down more a traditional route um how did it all start yeah um it's a great question i think people often ask me like well, how did your journey begin and um i think it first began with my mum and dad decided to have a baby now that's a different story <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but no it, it actually it does stem from childhood and um i remember growing up um in east london mum and dad working all the time really hard um, and and not being able to afford nice things. We always had a roof over our head, you know, we'd never run out of food, but we couldn't afford nice things, holidays, all that kind of stuff. And I used to watch mum and dad work really hard. Dad dad worked in Inland, Inland Revenue, tax office, um, used to literally leave home in the morning, come back in the evening. That was it, standard. Was never at a parents' mm. evening, never at a sports day, never at any of that stuff. Uh, mum would wake up at half four every morning. She would... Um, get the house ready, get stuff ready. She'd prepare stuff for my dad when he gets back from work, all that kind of stuff. Make sure me and my brother are okay, whatever it might be. And she used to walk to work to save the bus fare. Wow. And um, I used to watch her do all this, like rain, everything. So so literally it was like every penny counted. Every, every, every. yeah, literally every penny. Every penny was accounted before. Yeah. And it was just to really survive rather than thrive. Hundred percent. And and what did that do for you? You know, as a young lad mm. seeing this, mm. what, what happened to your mindset? What was your outlook on life? And how did that make you yeah. feel? And what effect did that have on you? Well, I'll be, I'll be honest with if anyone's listening, I'm going to be upfront with you. Um, I hated it. Um, yeah. I actually blamed my parents for a long time. I, I used to go to school with my brother's second-hand clothes, um, hand-me-downs. You know. Trousers that were too short for me. Jack-ups is what they called it back then, right? Um, I used to, to wear like cheapers of the cheapest trainers. Um, I used to get bullied for that, for the way I looked. I also got bullied for the colour of my skin, I'm just being honest. Um, all this stuff happened. And I, I spent a lot of time blaming my mm. parents for not, why, why has that kid got Nike Air Max? Why have I got this? Why have they got, why can't you buy me? Why can't, why, why, mm. why, why, why? Yeah, poor me. Poor me. Yeah. Victim mentality. It's okay for them. It's okay for them. Listen, that blah, 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 blah. Wow. And at seven years old, there was a tipping point in me because I, I had enough of it. And it's crazy because we were talking about this earlier and I, it was a tipping point for me that made me go, okay, why is this happening? And how can I make it better? And clearly, I'm only seven, so I don't know how to do it. 
And I didn't actually do anything when I was seven, but what I feel it sparked in me as a seven-year-old kid was a desire for wanting more. Wow. And a desire to go and do it yourself. And I, I decided that, you know, in my heart, some way, some form, you know, things would get better. And everything I used to see my parents do, it's, it's, it's funny because sometimes you, you look up to your parents, mm-hmm. don't you? And you, you get inspired by them and the things like that. And the things that I got inspired about from my parents weren't actually linked to things they were doing. It was more their behaviors. Right. I got inspired by their compassion, by their love. They were always generous. You come to my house, there was always a plate of food for you. Like you, you're in trouble, the doors are always open. That sort of Beautiful. good, good old fashioned. Good, good values in Quality values. Wow. Yeah. Care about people. Treat yeah. people nice. Help someone in need. Give them your last penny if you've got it. Whatever it might. That sort of stuff. That inspired me from my parents. But their way of making money didn't. Yeah. You, you saw their frustrations. And I saw it. I saw them I, argue. I, I, I love, yeah, saw them argue. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got very similar backstories. Mm. You know, grew up in a rough council yeah, estate. Yeah. My mum, my mum was a single mum. You know, trying to bring up me and my brother. Mm. Um, I used to watch her. You know, cry to go cry herself to sleep yeah. at night. Yeah. Find it hard putting food on the table. And, and you know what? Being bullied at school was horrific. And kids can be bloody nasty. They are. Man. And I know it still goes on today. Yeah, I know yeah. it still goes on today, and it's horrific. But similar to you, it was almost like I had this moment. And for me, it was eating a cold tin of spaghetti bolognese mm. with my mum and my brother in a cold, dark, damp room. But it was a moment that said, this isn't okay. Mm. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make a success of yeah. myself and I'm yeah. going to look after my yeah. mum and my brother. Yeah. Um, that's phenomenal. So uh, what, what happened after then? Obviously, you know, you, you, you made that decision. You, um, you know, went through primary school, ended up in secondary school. Yeah. And, and then how did it all develop from there? Yeah, so... Well, just before going into primary school, um, something actually happened in, in um, sorry, just before going to secondary school, something happened in primary school, um, right. which, which kind of shifted my whole mindset about humanity. Um, it, I, I, look, again, looking at my parents, their compassion for people, it kind of, it, from a young age, I've always wanted to help. And I remember at seven years old, bearing in mind, I'm getting bullied, all this kind of stuff's going on. And I, um, and, and I genuinely feel when you're going through pain, um, it helps you, like, if you're going through pain, it can help you understand love and compassion because you don't want to see other people go through pain. And I'm going through all this pain here, and there was this kid, like, I've forgotten his name, but he just, I just remember he had really curly hair, disheveled. <laughs> um, no one wanted to play with him. It was the oddball. Oh. And I remember he used to come in with, like, dirty clothes, all that kind of stuff. And I still, till today, don't know how it happened. Seven years old, he, came, he used to come to school with no food. Wow. And I don't know how it happened, like seven years old. I mean, how does that even get yeah. slip under the radar? And my mum always used to give me a packed lunch. Um, so, so what I started doing was giving that kid my sandwiches. Wow. Every day, just give him my sandwiches. Because he didn't have any food, give it to him. Because I, I knew when I, get, when I went home, I'd get fed. But when I got home, I was hungry because I didn't have any lunch. So I did this for a couple of weeks and I was scared to tell my mum because I thought I'd get in trouble. And I remember a couple of weeks later, I couldn't take it anymore. I was hungry. I got home. I said, Mum, I'm hungry. She said, what, what happened to your lunch? And uh, I told her what I was doing. And I did get in trouble, actually, but for a different reason, mm. for not telling her sooner. Wow. Because <laughs> wow. she started making double sandwiches. Oh, how beautiful is that? Yeah, to go and how give this beautiful. kid, right? Um, and so what I'm trying to say is, is like from, from that pain, it, it comes compassion and love. And this is what I'm trying to say. It's like in business, in entrepreneurship, it's about how you make people feel. And if you can stop making it about yourself and turn the attention onto other people, 
everything changes. So for wow. me in that moment, by going through bullying, you know, racism, you know, wearing cheap stuff, feeling like worthless, like to the point where I didn't even like myself. In that moment of helping somebody else, suddenly your problems seem insignificant. And you've got purpose all you've of a purpose. sudden. You're caring for someone 100%. else. And I'm sure that boy was like made up, right? 100%. I'm sure he's absolutely made 100%. up. 100%. I mean, and obviously he couldn't understand why I was doing it, but he was hungry as a kid, yeah. right? So like, for me, what I'm trying to say is, is that that sparked something in me that if you can add value to others, you'll be okay. Wow, I love that. You'd be yeah, okay. give give back. Hundred percent. Give back for sure. And, okay. and and I know you are, you know, one of the most caring, generous guys that I've Thank ever you. ever met. You know, you always come from a place of service mm. in all of the businesses that you have, and you know, you're in the the training and educational space, and you know, you help multiple business owners and people start scale and grow. Yeah. And we're we're going to get into all of that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So, um, for you, um, where did the art of making money start? Mm. Love that. So I started my first business when I was 11. Nice. <laughs> um, because again, resourceful. It's like, how can I, rather yeah. than blame mum and dad, blame mum and dad. And I remember going on holiday to Mauritius, which is where my parents are from. Um, and um, I remember going there for the first time, 11 years old. They scraped every penny they could. We didn't stay in hotels, any of that kind of stuff. I just remember like they didn't have any pocket money or spending money. They literally scraped the money together oh. to get the flights. And we stayed at my dad's cousin's place. And I, this is the first time I'm meeting all of, of, of his children and all these little second cousins and all these, little, all these kids I didn't know. <laughs> and, um, and what fascinated me about that was how simple they lived and how much fun they had. And one of the things that they did for fun is that they had these, in Mauritius they've got these little uh, Chinese firecrackers. Like you just light them and they just like blow up. It's like little cheap things. And I thought, wow, like... I don't know if you remember, Liam, in school. Do you remember you used to have these little paper ones that you throw yeah, on the floor? Yeah, throw on the floor and they bang. Yeah, right? love them. And I thought, these are freaking 10x of those. Like, these are going to be amazing. <laughs> so I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll smuggle some in. So my first business was actually smuggling firearms. Now, uh, I, <laughs> now I, I smuggled these fireworks into my mum's uh, suitcase. She didn't even know I did it. Like, literally the night before we leaving, like, I popped it in the popped suitcase. Popped them in, in the bottom. As soon as we got back to England, I got them out. Um, and I started selling them in school. Wow. And obviously it's not a lot of money, but I was selling them in school. And that was my first experience of transacting. And um, it was great because it was like, I gave value to that person, they had fun, and then I, I got paid. Uh, where it all went wrong is one of the kids uh, decided to throw some of them off the top of a double-decker bus. <laughs> in his school uniform. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> in his school uniform. Um, obviously, one of the members of the public knew which school he went to, grassed him up, and then he grassed his dealer up. <laughs> <laughs> the arms dealer. Yeah, the arms dealer. Uh, and that business got shut down real quick. Uh, and then I went on to do something similar like you, uh, Tuck Shop. Tuck Shop. Uh, I used to see them selling sweets and chocolates, and uh, I don't think they do that now, but like sweets and chocolates out the, out the window in, in, the, in the playground. And I thought, hang on, mum always used to buy this stuff in bulk, so I used to take it from home and literally sell it in the playground. Excellent, excellent. Making money. That got shut down because I got caught. And then... Um, not, I'm not painting a good picture for entrepreneurship here. I've been <laughs> shut down twice so far. Um, and then the third time, um, I was 15 years old. And it was just at the time when mobile phones were starting to come out and be trendy. And I don't know if any of the viewers are, I want to say old enough, young enough to remember the Nokia phones with the changing faces. I don't know if you remember those, Liam. We're showing our age now, like changing faces and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I remember walking into a mobile phone shop, which were becoming popular, these independent ones, uh, down in uh, East Ham High Street in East London. 
Uh, and I remember talking to the owner and I literally experienced my first no money down deal. No money down. Excellent. <laughs> As you know, I love no money down. You like your no deals. money down deals. I'm interested to hear about this no yeah, money down mobile phone to, stuff. You'd want to know this one. So, <laughs> so I basically said to the, the, the owner of the shop, would you give me a bunch of these accessories? I can sell them to, to my school friends um, and I'll come back and I'll give you the money. And if you want to give me some of it, you can. Wow. It's like a no, no brainer yeah. for him. But... I don't know what what he saw in me, but he gave me a shot. And he literally, I kid you not, he gave me a bin liner of um, uh, earphones and um, changing faces and the color changing aerials wow, and all wow. this kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, made up. So literally took all the stock, sold it in the playground, brought him back a wad of cash. Um, he was obviously he impressed. Was made, he was made up. He right? was made yeah. up. And I remember him, I think it was a 10 pound note. Imagine there's a wad of cash there. He peels off a tenner. And he gives me a tenner. Wow. And I'm like, are that, you actually it? having yeah. a laugh? <laughs> you taking are you the mic? Kidding? Are you kidding me? Oh. Um, and it's not until I got older that I learned a lesson from that. Clearly, I'm only 15. I'm obviously annoyed. I'm like, I've just sold all this stuff for you. What's happening? And it's only when I got older that I, I connected the dots. This is feedback for all of you guys if you're listening right now. He or she who brings the most value to any equation gets paid the most. Mm. Just being honest. Now, think mm. about it like this. It was his shop. He put up the risk for that. It was his stock. He put up the money for that. He gave it to a kid he didn't even know. He put up the most risk. He, I was just the dealer. Mm. He is the one who put the money up, set up his shop, got the stock, all that. He put the most value into that equation, not me necessarily. Mm. And and that's when it, you know years later that I got the lesson. Got the lesson I got the from lesson it, from yeah. that. But going through school, no one teaches you to be a business yeah. owner. You know that. And, and we always talk about risk versus reward. Yeah, you know, yeah, a yeah. lot of people want the reward, but they're not willing to put in the risk. Yeah, mm. you know. And you 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 went to that guy to say, hey, look, let, let me do what I do. Yeah. And that gave you a massive lesson in life. 100%. And you know, it just goes to show, you know anyone tuning into this now you don't have to stay stuck you've got to think outside the box and there is absolutely opportunity all around us right now and there's many many ways in which you listening in can start generating mm. um, different types of income streams um, one of the things that i'm really passionate about um, and something i really believe in is that you've got to follow your heart and you've got to focus in on something that Yes, can make you a lot of money, but yeah. something that you're going to enjoy and 100%. something you're going to be passionate about. 100%. Can you share some of your experiences around yeah. stuff that you've done that you've been really passionate about? Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love that. And I think my little caveat to that is follow your heart, take your mind with you. Because mm. there are some things that you get emotionally involved in, which are following your heart, but they're not going to make you any money, for example. You know? So for me, um, after leaving school, um, I, I didn't go into business. I actually uh, studied as a nurse. Wow. Um, I became a psychiatric nurse. Um, because again, society doesn't teach you to, you know, become an do, entrepreneur. Do, do you think do you think that came from the values that your parents installed in you when yeah. you were seven years of age? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, Look, I'm not beautiful. being funny. I and I'm you know me, I say it how it is. Um, when I was studying as a nurse, um, those times they were taking a lot of international nurses from all, all different countries because with all due respect, it was uh, you know, we had a we had a shortage here in the UK. And for a lot of people, it was actually an easy way to actually relocate to the UK right. and get a work permit and, and, and visa and actually end up living here. So the, the downside to that is that there were a lot of people who got into the profession not because they cared. Okay. I'm just being real. Yeah. They just got into the profession. For different reasons. Move for country. Reasons, move country, whatever it might yeah. be. Not so much that they cared. I was born here. I could have done anything. 
Um, and in fact, I did. I started off by going to, to university, London Guildhall University, trying to study uh, business information systems and a joint honours degree with French. I was like, what the hell was I doing? I was like, this is mad. Um, and the French turned out not to be French language. It turned out to be French civilization and history. I was like, I love the French, but I don't give a shit what happened in the bar. Um, and I didn't want to do this anymore. And I said to my lecturer, I said, can I, can I, take, a, yeah. can I take a break? Can I take, what going to do? I said, well, just take a gap year. Right. And I took a gap year. And a friend of mine got me a job in a private psychiatric hospital. And I just fell in love. Yeah. Literally fell in love. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy. I was crazy people. I sound crazy. But I fell in love with caring. Yeah. And watching people not just be unwell, but get better and go back to their lives. And so when you're talking about, you know, following your heart, my heart's always been in helping. It's been a mm. seven-year-old kid. Mm. It's always been in helping people. And so following my heart, it, it was, it was once, once I finished university, I became a nurse. Um, I, I actually worked my way up as a nurse, you know, in the private sector. I became the youngest ward manager in the UK at 27 years old. Um, and when you become a ward manager in the UK, um, well, I suppose it's in any, any country really, but in, in, in the private sector at least, you get given sales targets. How many nurses do you know with sales targets? It's doing sales. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But my job was actually to go and sell beds to the National Health Service. Right. So um, not only manage the ward, manage my staff, look after patients, I also each week had to go out and do sales activity. And I made my employer six and a half million pounds in two years selling beds to the National Health Service. Um, and that's just, just my department alone. And then 2009, July 2009, coming out of the, the recession, credit crunch, whatever you want to call it, my, my boss told me that they don't need me anymore. Wow. And just like that, job, you were was, gone. job was taken gone. away from me. And I don't know if anyone listening wow. can relate to being betrayed before, being stabbed in the back, giving your all to someone or something and they just take it all away from you. Is how I felt in that moment. Yeah. Well, we, we know even lately the whole world's gone crazy. Oh, dude. And, you know, what used to be a job for life mm. is no longer a job for life. And the moment you're not needed in a company yeah. or they've got to do cutbacks, yeah. you could have been there 15, 20 years and that's it, you're gone. Mm. And one of the things that I love to talk about is that what a lot of people do is they just focus in on that main income stream. Yeah. So one income stream from a job, mm. but what happens if you get sick? Yeah. What happens if you're made redundant? What happens if you lose your job, lose your business? Mm. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna survive? Yeah. So, you know, what, what did that do for you? You know, you, know, you lost that job yeah. that you loved and cared, mm. giving back to society, did that, was that like a light bulb moment? Was 100%. there a switch in your mindset? Hundred percent. Did that take you down the path that you're on now, Jason? Hundred percent. It it did it. It made me realise something. And if you're listening, look, just just make this your motto: nothing in life is secure unless you secure it yourself. I'm just mm, being honest with that. you. Nothing, nothing. Your health isn't secure unless. Look, if you don't make room for your health, you're going to make room for illness. If you don't secure your health, you're going to get sick, plain and simple. If you don't secure your job, you're going to be made redundant. It's, it's how it works. If you don't secure your business, you're going to go bust. So everything requires responsibility. And what changed for me massively in that moment, Liam, was mindset. Mm. Take responsibility. Now, don't get me wrong. I was, I was literally annoyed with my employer. Like, I remember sitting in the Angry, car park. resentment. Yeah. I was waiting for her to come out so I could run her over. I bet you called her a few names, right? <laughs> called her a the few witch. names. The witch. Or the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> More spiritual now. We don't do that. Yeah. But um, no, but um, I mean, I did, but I gave her permission to fire me the minute I signed an employment contract. That's the way yeah, it is. True. You know, and look, with all due respect, not everyone's you, great you, employers. You, you knew what you signed up for, even though you didn't know what you signed up yeah. for. That's the reality. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you take responsibility, what yeah. happens is you end up regaining control. Because I had no control over her telling me to go. What did I have control over? 
my mindset. Yeah. And that's what we don't like as human beings. We don't like being out of control. I was out of control of that situation, which annoyed me. But by regaining control, by taking responsibility, suddenly I'm back in the driving seat. So I decided I wasn't going to work for anyone ever again. And I decided to use wow, what I already big know. Big decision. Big decision. decision. So I'm not doing this anymore. And I decided to go back to my entrepreneurial spirit as a kid. And I decided to use what I already know. And I think that's a common mistake people make in business. They, they try and get into things that they don't fully understand themselves or like, you know, they, they try and launch new things or fancy things. Look, some of you are already skilled. Use what you already got. What do you already know? And for me, I knew healthcare. So I started my own healthcare business. Um, I know some of your listeners are property people. Um, so what I started was actually care in the community. And what I didn't realize I was doing at the time is I was running a rent to rent strategy. <laughs> I didn't know I was doing it and also getting care money. So I'd have um, first property I owned and then I thought I can't, I can't scale this business if I keep deploying capital into mm, property. So yeah. I, I started to go, right, let me rent to rent. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was basically guaranteeing landlords rent <laughs> and saying, would you give me a clause in the contract so I can sublet the rooms out? I was doing all this creative stuff. And, and then um, and I was getting clients. So basically I was getting rent money and then I was also getting uh, money from social services to look after young adults with learning disabilities and autism and mental health, uh, mental wow. health challenges. Um, so we grew, grew, grew that business. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to dress it up, you know. And, and it's funny, like that was the rent to rent business, right? It was. And, and, and rent yeah. to rent. Now, anyone tuning in, you've listened to some of my previous podcasts yeah. or YouTube videos. You know, rent to rent's one of the UK's fastest growing strategies. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've done it in the healthcare sector. I did sector. it by accident. Done it by accident. <laughs> and, and, I, and I take you was probably able to scale that. Yeah. And that, that yeah. Done, a, done amazingly leverage, well for leverage you. Leverage other people's assets. Uh, and I love the way we talk about leverage and skill set. Mm. You know, br- you know, understand what are your skills. Yes. You're not going to be good at everything. No. Maybe some of you are more analytical. Maybe some of you are great marketers, mm. good at sales, good at speaking, good communicators. Maybe some of you are great at the attention to detail. And here's the thing, right? When it comes to business on entrepreneurship, you know, just bring your key skills. Yeah really focusing on that. Something which I say to myself every day, Jessin, is what can I do today mm. that's going to bring in the most amount of money in the shortest space of time? Yeah. Um, what can I do today where I can be of best value, mm. number one, to my family, my wife, yeah. my kids, number two, my company, and mm. number three, my communities. Yeah. You know, Where can I be of best value? And then all the other stuff that I'm not very good at, I can just outsource and leverage. Yeah. Leverage other people's voice, leverage other people's money, leverage other people's experience. Mm. And, and I know you're huge into leverage as well. 100%, you know, and, and that's why I got the business to a point where I was making great money. I had a nice house, nice car, nice things. Um, nice. And then I realized there was a big problem though. Avoid? Not so much no. avoid. I, had, I thought I had a business. I didn't have uh, a business. Okay. I had a job. Yeah. With a shit boss. He didn't give me enough time off. <laughs> and um, the point I'm trying to make is, is that there's a lot of business owners out there. And understand, if you, if you get to know me, I, I say stuff because I care about you, not because I want to put you down. There's so many people out there that call themselves business mm. owners and they're not. They're self-employed. Listen mm. to all those words. You employed yourself. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting point. So we'll, we'll explore this mm. because, yeah, people go employee, yeah. self-employed. Yeah. They think they've made it. Yeah. But anyone that is self-employed chewing into this, you may be working even more hours yeah. than when you had a bloody job. Yeah. You're now having to be accountable to yourself. Yeah. Get yourself motivated, get focused, spinning all the plates, mm. trying to be all things to all people and actually end up getting more burnt out and earning less money. So in your opinion what does being a business owner mean it means actually being able to have the business pay you whether you're there or not great just very simple um 
getting to wake up in the morning and go to work because you want to, not because you have to. Um, taking a holiday and actually being on holiday with your family, not your laptop. You know, that's <laughs> that. what I mean, that sort of thing, you know. So, so that's what being an owner is, is that, you know, Liam, everyone that follows you knows this, like you're a big, big advocate for income follows assets, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Your business is not an asset if you run it. It's not, it's not an asset, which basically means it's a liability. If you get sick tomorrow and can't work for six months, what happens to your business? Most people, it goes pop. Yeah. Like, do you, most business owners, sadly, do not have three months worth of running um, costs in their bank capital right now to keep their business alive or even navigate their way through tough times. You know, yeah. they don't. Yeah. They're living hand to mouth. So it's 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 scary. Like I, I see people all the time. There's like there's people who are self-employed electricians and all kinds of stuff, and all they need to do is fall off a ladder. Yeah. Done. Yeah, game over. Yeah, I was actually with a guy uh, the other day um, at my gym. Yeah, and um, he knows that I'm in the training space, mm. and he's a builder. And he said, Liam, can you help me? He said, I want to. Um, what what courses do you do? Mm. And I said, I've actually got a three day course that yeah. you can come on. He went, yeah. mm, but when is that? Mm. And I said, Well, there's two dates in the diary coming yeah. up. We've got one now, mm. and then we've got in, one in May. He was like. I'm not sure if I can do any of those. I said, mm. well, what seems to be the issue? He said, but if I take time off work, I'm going to lose money. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get paid. Yeah. And I said, are you probably living above your means right now? Mm. He said, I probably am. Mm. I said, look, you're going to have to do something. But that's the same for tens of millions of people. Certainly. So what's the key thing then, Jesson? You know, you've got multiple businesses. Mm. Um, what's the key thing in order to work on the business rather than in the business? What, what would be some of those first steps that people need to take? I, I would say to you, look, if right this very moment you're working in your business, um, be clear about your vision. Mm. Where do you want it to go? Like, like I always say to people, start your business with the, with the intention to sell it. Why do I say that to people? It's because then it will force you to build systems and processes into a business and not make it dependent on you. Because look, as an investor, if I come and buy your business right now and you are the business, your business is worth zero to me because mm. unless you're for sale as well, you're not, are you? Um, <laughs> Your business is worth nothing yeah. to me. I don't want to buy a job. Yeah. So you've got to understand that sometimes you are literally the biggest chokehold in your business. So be clear. What do you want your What do you want your business to do for you? Like I always say to people, build build a business around your life, not your life around your business. So that basically means be clear. What do you want to do? Do you want to work? Like not everybody wants to just not work. Mm. Some people just go, Look, you know what? I only want to work one day a week, two days yeah. a week. I actually like my work. Um, like what we do, like we, mm. we come in because we want to, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's different, but some people just go like, I don't want anything to do with it. I just want to be completely hands off, have other people run it for me. Some people are like, you know what? I want to build it and sell it. It's up to you. whatever your outcome is, be clear on your vision. And then understand that there are key components to growing your business to the point where you don't need to be there anymore. And the two most important ones are people and processes, mm, plain and simple. That. I love that. Building, you, building a team. You have yeah. to. You have to build a team, right? And I, I've been a big believer in that. Yeah. I've, I've had businesses where I've tried to do it all on my own and man, you just get overworked, it sucks. overwhelmed. Um, it's a freaking nightmare, mm. yeah? And you know, you've got a strong team, I've got a strong mm. team. You know, people far smarter than me and their expertise. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they enjoy what they do a lot more than if I was trying to do it. Um, one, one of the things for me that I, I feel is like an important person to get in your team, uh, of course, if you can get a business partner, great. Yeah. But that's not always the, the, the first person. 
is uh, is some type of admin assistant, yep. PA. Yep. Um, I, I believe that's important. 100%. Uh, what, what's your view on that? 100%. The very first person I recruited was yeah. an assistant. Yeah. In fact, my first virtual assistant was from uh, Richard Branson's ex-PA's firm. Wow. Um, that was my, my only connection with Richard Branson. I don't know him really. Um, <laughs> but like, what I mean is, is that it was my first taste of outsourcing. Um, because I, I realized I couldn't do everything myself. I, I, I literally, Liam, I kid you not, I got to this point where I was making great money, but I was working 80 hours a week. Mm. I literally felt like burnt out, tired all the time. So I took what was in my head, I put it into processes. I started hiring better people, including a, a, you know, an assistant. But when I say hiring better people, people don't know this about me. Um, you was mentioning about the, um, the, the builder, is it in your gym? Yeah, the builder in the gym, yeah. yeah. Um, living above his means, whatever, blah, blah. Um, I took a pay cut to pay for my first care manager. Wow. A pay cut, I took a pay cut to pay for my first care manager. Why? Because I had a vision. I took a pay cut, I built processes, I hired more people, I was personally earning less money, but I knew what I wanted to do. That business eventually made me financially free at the age of 31 and a millionaire wow. two years later. That is awesome, eh? And that's because- That is awesome, because you knew, you I can knew, do on your own. I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's freaking amazing, yeah. mate, well done. But you, you. you knew that you wasn't able to do that on Vision. your own. I knew what I wanted Vision. to do. Had you knew people. that you had to get a team around you to yeah. do that. And look, here's the thing, a lot of people tuning in, be it you're employed or you're a business owner, what most people do is they make money, they spend money. Yeah. They don't really understand how to invest and how mm. to grow teams. You know, it's really important to deploy capital, yeah. invest in good people. 100%. So look, just take us to where you are now then, Jesson. Mm. What are the businesses you have? Uh, what are you involved in? Yeah. Um, you're doing amazing things on an international scale. I know <laughs> that. And you've got multiple businesses. But tell us more about you know, where you are now, yeah. what you do, mm. and, and how you're out there helping people. So rather than talk about all businesses and stuff that I do, um, I think I'll talk about where I'm at in myself right now, because I Great. think it's a really important thing to understand that, again, part of the vision. Um, you mentioned something really important right at the beginning, you know, follow your heart. And, you know, what's your passion? My passion is serving. Mm. It's always been helping and giving, and like seven-year-old kids sandwiches. It's always been about helping other people. I've got myself to a position now where my businesses take care of themselves and I get to live my purpose every single day. And what does that mean? It means helping other people. Every single day I get to wake up and go, whose life can I make better today? Mm. And that's because that's my passion, that's my thing. And the beautiful thing about being in the training industry is that, you know, and actually I learned this from um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, some of you might know him. I had dinner with him at, uh, once and he said, um, the world's a messed up place. Um, and God wouldn't want it to be that way. Now he's a God-fearing person. So he said, God wouldn't want it to be that way. So what can you do that you're passionate about, you get paid for, and it makes this world a better place. Wow. In that moment, it just literally hit me like, I get to do that now. Like every day I get, I'm passionate about teaching and serving people. I get paid for it and there's nothing wrong with that. And a number of lives have been able to change as a result of that is off the scale. Wow. And when you look at the ripple effect of that, like, you tell me what job gives you that level of satisfaction. Yeah, so not only are you able to make big income, but you're able to have big impact. 100%. And, and I truly believe there's only so much money that we need, and mm. I love making more money, of course, and you know building a legacy yeah. and doing that stuff, but true fulfillment doesn't come from how much money's in your bank account. No. It comes from the amount of people that you serve. 100%. And, and I think that's why both of us, we love the training space. Yeah. Uh, you've got an amazing training company. I've got an amazing training company. We're on this journey together. Yeah. But 
we don't see each other as competition. We're, we're, we're partners and collaborating. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's important. There's yeah, yeah. a lot of people out there that just want to go and put people down. They want to go and bully people. They want to keep all the secrets to themselves. Yeah. Got low self-worth. That's what I do. Yeah. And, and you know, collaboration is like really key, really important. Mm. And, um, you know, what would you say to people? Because the world's gone crazy over the last <laughs> couple of years, right? Yeah. The world has gone crazy. Yeah. It seems that more people need more help than ever before. Yes. They seem more stuck. We've got wars going on. We've got pandemics happening. Mm. We've got the cost of living going up, um, fuel prices, energy prices. You know, people's jobs are being lost. People can't run their businesses yeah. correctly. There is a lot of fear out there. Mm. And you and I, we are on this planet to serve yeah. and to motivate and inspire people. Mm. Anyone tuning into this right now that's going through some type of fear, yeah. now, what, what tips would you share? Not just with those people, with anyone, mm. you know, and how to become more successful, start, scale and grow yeah. a business. Yeah, um, great question. And I think it's, it's perfect timing, you know, given, given the circumstances of what's going on in the world at the time that we're filming this and recording it. Um, you see, you've got to understand something. Your state dictates everything that you do. Like how you feel, like your state will manage your outcome, plain and simple. Wow. Yeah. So if you do things from a place of fear, let's say you're scared, you're anxious, you're nervous. When you're in that state, you're going to make poorer decisions. When you make poorer decisions, you're going to take poorer action. When you take poorer action, you're going to get poorer results. So if you want better results, take better action. If you want to take better action, make better decisions. If you want to make better decisions, have a better state. This is how it works. So you can't change what's happening right this very moment. You can't change what's happened to you. Like I was saying earlier on, when my boss fired me, I had no control over what actually happened. What did I have control over? Myself. And you and I were having a conversation earlier. I was talking about this. Lose money, lose friends, lose time, never lose your mind in any situation. Do not lose your mind because your mind will literally take you out of the game. So think about it like this. You've all done something when you were angry before. You made a poor decision, you took poor action and you got poor results. Mm. You've also done something when you felt empowered, didn't you? When you felt abundant and strong and powerful and you made a bold decision and you took better action and you got incredible results. Like for example, we're in a space where we encourage people to educate themselves and people take courage and they go, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Let's give it a go. And they go and they invest in a, they decide to invest in one of your mentorship programs. They take better actions because they know what they're doing now. And look at the results that mm. they get from the testimonials. Phenomenal, phenomenal. You know what I mean? so, so it's like, but if they, if they were fearful at the time that you made them an offer, what would happen? They would go, nah, you know what? It's not for me. What if I get hurt? What if it doesn't work? What if I get ripped off? So they make poorer decisions. They go off and take poor actions trying to figure out what they want somewhere else, YouTubing it by themselves or wherever it might be. Then they, don't get, they get poor results. Mm. And all of that stemmed from what? State. State. So manage your state. Work on yourself every single day, every day, like without fail, work on yourself. As soon as you wake up in the morning, don't reach for your phone and look at YouTube mm. and Facebook and all this crap because there's other crap going on on the right. Four out of five people pick up their smartphone when they wake mm, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, obsessed. First thing, first yeah. thing. So when you wake up, what's stopping you from actually listening to a motivational audio instead? Why don't you set your alarm? Instead of your alarm going off going, dan, 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 like freaking giving you a heart attack when you wake up. Why don't you set it to actually a motivational piece of music? Something, something else, because your brain is like a sponge. Within the first 20 minutes of waking up, it's at its most receptive. So manage your state, and then it becomes a habit. Like, like one last thing on this, I got asked recently, 
when we went through the pandemic, when we went into lockdown, they said, Jesse, did you panic? And I said, you probably want me to say yes. And the answer is, I, the answer is no. no. Because I've, I've, I've done the work. I've, I've worked this, my mind, for so many years that it's like going to the gym. People pump iron all day, work out their muscles. They don't work out their mind. Mm. My mind's, there's something called neuroplasticity in your brain. The more times you train it to do something, it becomes a natural mm. pathway. So my natural pathway isn't panic. Mm. When I look, don't get me wrong, I had the same pandemic as everybody else. I had multiple businesses, I had physical shops that had to close down temporarily whilst we went through you it. You just knew everything was going to be okay. I had absolute faith in everything. Because be you okay. are working on your mind daily. 100%. You know, and, and I, I love what you said about, I, I always say every day, watch, read, listen, mm. some form of motivational, inspirational, educational content. Yeah. You know, start the day off with a great podcast, yeah. some meditation. Um, you know, eat well, yeah. sleep well, yeah. exercise, hang out with the right people. Mm. You know, mm. you are the average of the five people you hang out with. You know, if you are hanging out with five skint people, you're going to be the sixth. 100%. If you're hanging out with five negative people, you're probably going to be the sixth. 100%. So upgrade your circle. Uh, make it a driving force to work on your mindset, mm. something that you work on every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And you will become the best version that you can possibly be. Absolutely. Like, you know, I challenge people listening to this right now that you're playing at a low level. Yeah, you know, there is are. so much more, so much more so that much. every single person can do and can achieve. So um, on that, Jesson, it's mm. been absolutely I've amazing really enjoyed it. Thank you. having you on the show. Yeah. Um, one last question before you give out some information. What yeah. does being a deal maker mean to you? Well, what a powerful question. What does a deal maker be, mean to me? I'll tell you what it means to me. It means being a facilitator of change. Mm. I think if we can all understand, if you're in business, that you're not in sales, you're in the facilitation of change and transformation, um, everything changes, you see, because most people don't like selling. I think it's bad, I think it's sleazy, I think mm. it's pushy, and we're British, we don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but the truth of the matter is, is selling is serving, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and I think if, as a deal maker, if you can create a deal, a win-win, what's a deal? A deal is a win-win in my opinion, right? Someone's got a problem, you've got a solution. If they buy your solution, their problem will be solved. You get paid. It's a win-win. So by creating a deal, you have become a facilitator of change in that person's life. And when you look at it like that, and the reason you and I are able to think like this is because we have literal thousands of transformations that have happened from working with us. So I'm very, very, very biased when I say this, but I mean it because I've seen it. If you can create a win-win deal for someone, you are essentially transforming their life. Wow, love that. Plain and simple. Yeah, And it's got to be a win-win, right? It 100%. can't be a win-lose. No. And you've got to do this in a fair environment of, of exchange. Mm. And, you know, get, get around new people. You know, there's some great people out there, caring people, mm. that if you get around can help you go to a whole new level. 100%. And that's why we've got you know thousands of different types of success stories. 100%. So great, thanks for being on the show. Pleasure. Where can people find you? Because yep. I know you're out there on all the platforms. <laughs> uh, where would you like people to hook you up, Jess? And, and, and I recommend, look, hook up with this guy. He's a great friend of mine, great Bless mentor. You. Uh, where, they, where can they find you? Thank you, Lynn. Well, before I say that, I want to thank you for having me on the show. Like, Pleasure. We've been friends for many years now and I've always been inspired by you and driven by it, seeing you do great things and like, 
pushing the parameters and the barriers and 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 you know going screw everybody else i can make it happen <laughs> and i've just loved your attitude oh, and, geez, and, and the fact that you care you know so I'm, I'm thank you for having me i'm really no inspired worries. by what you do man thank you so look um if you want to catch up with me in any way or form i'm, I'm across all social media platforms um but probably connect with me on instagram at jess and james underscore official um, you can head over to my website as well, jessandjames.com, and you can see everything that I do and all my handles are there as well. And if you get the chance, you know, seeing as we're on a podcast, you can go and check out my podcast, which is the Mind Over Money podcast, uh, which is available on Spotify, Apple, all over the place. And um, and look, reach out, drop me a DM, say hello. Uh, let me know that you, you heard, for, heard about me through Liam, because I always like to make new friends. A friend of Liam's a friend of mine. So um, yeah, connect with me online. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Make sure you hook Jesson up. So there we go. Another amazing episode of Liam Ryan, The Dealmaker. Make sure you stay tuned for more episodes. Um, leave a comment, share, give a review. If I can do it, you can do it. And I'll see you in my next episode. Take care. You're listening to The Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams.